Hey guys, it's Leah B from Prestige Veteran Medical Consulting. I am a U.S. Army veteran, physician assistant, and former compensation and pension examiner. So today I'm going to do a video about scars and what happens for a scar at a compensation and pension exam. We've done a whole series on compensation and pension exams and what to expect, and a lot of veterans have found that these are helpful. So most of this information is out there at your fingertips. I just want to make sure that you guys have access to it and kind of pull back the veil on this, this idea that veterans are just so, um, you know, they just don't, aren't informed or don't understand what happens for some of these things. But in reality, the VA actually sends you all of this information in a packet and tells you exactly what to expect. It's just so overwhelming that I think that a lot of you guys or a lot of us um, just feel overwhelmed, right? So let's first talk about why you could be service connected for a scar. So either on a primary or secondary basis, you can be service connected for a scar. So what does that mean? So on a primary or direct basis, you developed a scar while you were on active duty or related to an injury you sustained while on active duty. So for example, you maybe had some shrapnel injuries, right? So let's say you were in an IED blast, you had shrapnel everywhere. Let's say you had a gunshot wound. Something like that. Maybe you've, um, you know, had an arm injury from a gunshot wound, but there was also shrapnel and scarring to that area. You can get service connected for those scars, right? So for, from maybe you had a cesarean section, a C-section, if you were on active duty and you had a baby, right? If you developed a scar from that, you can get rated for that scar or any other surgery that happened while you were on active duty. You can get, um, you know, a lot of times, whatever the original incident was, let's say you had a knee surgery, maybe you're service connected for your knee. Now you can get rated for that scar that's related to the surgery that you had as well. So on a secondary basis, you can get connected for a scar for something that is, you know, secondarily related to another service connected disability. So let's say, for example, you are service connected for your left ankle, and then after 10 years or so, your right ankle starts bothering you tremendously and you wind up having a surgery on that right ankle. Now you have a secondary, you can get a secondary service connection for that right ankle, secondary to the left ankle. And then also that scar from the surgery you had on the right ankle as well, right? So now that we've gone over primary and secondary service connection, let's talk really quickly about what happens at the actual CMP exam, the compensation and pension exam. So you're gonna get a packet in the mail from the VA and it's gonna tell you where to go, what time to go and who your examiner is gonna be. So the information about the examiner is gonna be what is their specialty? Are they an orthopedic doctor? Are they a family practice doctor, a rheumatologist? Is it a nurse practitioner? Is it a physician assistant? It's gonna tell you how long they've been doing compensation and pension exams or it should it's going to tell you where the clinic is, right? So you can look up that provider in advance if you'd like to. A lot of veterans like to do that. You might find information. You might not find information. You might find a lot of glowing reviews from veterans who had great experiences with that CMP examiner, or you may find the alternative. So you're going to get that packet. It's also going to contain a DBQ, or it should, which we're about to go over. And that DBQ is what the CMP examiner is going to go over with you when you get to the exam. So there's really no mystery as to what is what happens at the exam, because that DBQ is precisely what they should be going over. And then they're going to, after they submit that, the rater is going to look at that DBQ, which aligns with the 38 Code of Federal Regulation and determine what rating um, aligns with what that examiner checked off. Okay. So 
let's pull up the DBQ so I can show you exactly what's going to happen at that CMP exam for SCARS. So share screen. Okay, now you guys can go and get this off of va.gov. Um, you should be able to, this is exactly where I got it. So you can write SCAR DBQ or SCAR Disability Benefit Questionnaire and va.gov should be one of the first ones that comes up. So let me blow this up just a little bit so we can make it, oh, that's too much. Okay, so here it is. So on the first page, you can see it's got your information, social security number, name of veteran. Now, again, this is what the CMP examiner is gonna fill out. So who is requesting that you fill out this? Um, are you filling it out at the request of the veteran or the claimant or someone else? So you can take this to your private doctor. You can print it right off of va.gov and take it to your, you know, treating doctor and ask them to fill it out as well. Um, it asks, are you a VA healthcare provider? Um, meaning for the examiner, are they a VA healthcare provider? Yes or no. Are, is the veteran regularly seen as a patient in your clinic? Was the veteran examined in person? If not, how was the exam conducted, whether it was like telehealth or something else? Evidence reviewed, no records reviewed, or what were the records reviewed? So they're going to go over what they reviewed, your service treatment records, your VA treatment records, your private doctor's records, or whatever, and those date ranges. So now it's going to get into where those scars are. So does the veteran have one or more scars anywhere on the body or disfigurement of the head, face, or neck? Yes or no? And then it's going to ask... If yes, provide only diagnosis that pertain to scars anywhere on the body or disfigurement of the head, face, or neck. So diagnosis one, maybe you have a C-section scar. Then the ICD code, that's a, that's a code that the doctor will know um, related to, that. that is not just VA language. So there are codes for ratings that the raters use, but the ICD code is like a code that everybody in the medical field uses. It's usually used for reimbursement purposes. Um, I don't want to get bogged down on that, but it's really not important for you guys. Um, and then the date of diagnosis. If there are additional scars and diagnosis that pertain to the scar anywhere on the body or disfigurement of the head, face, or neck due to scars or other causes, list using above format. So if there's additional ones. Um, does the veteran have any scars on the trunk or extremities? So this was for the head, face, and neck. This is for the... Uh, trunk and extremities. Sorry about that. So the C-section wouldn't go up here. This would be for something related to the head, face, or neck. Maybe you had oral surgery. Maybe you had brain surgery, right? Maybe you had, maybe you had pseudofolliculitis barbae. That's a big one, right? So if you had shaving pump bumps, guys, those are going to be, um, those scars related to that are going to be here. So does a veteran have any scars or disfigurement of the head, face, or neck? Yes or no? Okay. So you're, then they're going to come in here into the medical history and give a little bit of the history about why you have those scars. Like, like we said, whether it's related to a C-section, shaving bumps, shrapnel wound, gunshot, whatever. Uh, are they painful? So they want to know if those scars are painful. So they should be examining you. If there's, and if there's multiple, they should identify which ones are painful. Okay. Are, are they unstable with frequent loss of covering of the skin over the scar? So do you have instability in that scar? How, do you have poor wound healing over the scar? Sometimes the skin can become unstable and the scar can get worse and get better over time. Are any of them due to burns, right? Yes or no. And then they're going to talk about the scar depth. Details of scar finding for the trunk and ex, ex, uh, extremities. So they're just going to break down into 
again, here's the right upper extremity, affected or not affected, then they want to specify where they have to measure it. They should be measuring this with a measuring tool, like a ruler, right? They should know exactly how how long that scar is because that's going to go into uh, the, the rating percentage, okay? Is it tender to palpation? Is it tender to the touch? If, it's if it hurts you, you better say it hurts, okay? Because they're not going to mind read and know that it's painful when they're pushing on it. Is it unstable? Is there underlying soft tissue damage? Left upper extremity, kind of the same thing. Right upper extremity, same thing. If you've got multiple scars, they're going to mark each one. And then they want all the details on each of those scars for the extremity affected. Same thing for the trunk. So I'm just going to skip through, breeze through this pretty quickly because, again, it's just each location, but all the questions are the same. Now we're going to get down to summary of scar findings, proximate total surface area. So if you've got five scars on your right upper extremity because you had five different pieces of shrapnel hit you, they're going to approximate the total area. Scars with underlying tissue damage, same thing. This is all really, really important because it applies directly to what your rating percentage is going to be if they service connect you. So scars or other disfigurement of the head or neck, describe the history. Again, are any of these scars painful? Are they unstable? So again, ab just above, we were talking about those extremities and trunk. Now we're doing the exact same thing over for the skin, skin covering the head and the neck and the face. We're talking about burns. Now we're going to go back into those measurements. Is there elevation, depression, or adherence to the underlying tissue or miss or missing underlying soft tissue? Some scars get really bad and they scar down a lot and have um, adherence to underlying tissue as well. And it doesn't, it's not springy or um, spongy anymore. It's just like really hard and stuck down and um, that can be pretty difficult. Is there abnormal pigmentation or texture of the head, face, or neck? You know, another one, I've seen people get service connected for their smallpox scar, guys. I'm serious. I don't know that you're going to get connected for a lot, but that is a scar that you develop on active duty. Proximate area of those scars. Distortion of facial feature, features and tissue loss for the head, face, and neck. Do you have a lot of asymmetry of your face, facial features? Like, did you have a really bad injury to your face, right? Maybe you had a melanoma or some other kind of skin cancer cut off. That can cause you to have, uh, definitely cause you to have scars as well, especially if it's on the face. That's where a lot of those basal cell and squamous cell carcinomas are. So then there's miscellaneous. Do any of these scars cause you limitation of function? to include limitation of motion. If you've got a really bad scar from a burn, it can restrict your range of motion and from other things as well, different types of scars, but burns can, can be notorious for causing difficulty with motion if they structure down. So photographs, were color photographs for any scars or disfiguring condition taken, yes or no. Does it impact your ability to work? That's like a question on almost every single DBQ, I think. Does it impact your ability to work? In fact, I've never seen this not be on a DBQ. It, it, then it's going to ask to describe why. So if your scar is super painful, especially, again, I keep going back to these burn scars, they may impair your ability to work. 
and then they're going to sign it. Okay. So that's about it. Let me, let me jump back over to regular screen. Okay. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. You can get rated for tons of scars. It's not just necessarily one. If you've got a scar of your right upper extremity, your left upper extremity, your face, etc. A lot of those big, big ones I see are for the pseudofolliculitis barbae or the shaving bumps. Like I said, any kind of surgery that you have, you should also be getting that scar because you're probably going to have a scar if you've had a surgery to any service connected disability, right? So I hope this was helpful, guys. Drop some comments if you have any questions. And thank you for watching. Talk to you guys later.